Welcome to the Inside Events Podcast, brought to you by SwapCard. There's no better time to have exclusive conversations with the industry professionals who are reshaping the events industry. We're bringing you inside knowledge from industry leaders. Let's get started with your host, Megan Powers. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 16 of the Inside Events Podcast by SwapCard. I am Megan Powers with Powers of Marketing, and um, my company provides strategic communication marketing consulting for small to medium-sized businesses. A lot of that work has been in the meetings and events space. So, um, and this has been my JM meetings and events um, for like 20 years. So, and I am so excited about our guests today and about the show. Um, I know these ladies, I've known them. If it sounds like it's a conversation with some old friends, it's because it kind of is. Um, so, um, and I think those are kind of, sometimes the best kind of podcasts to listen to. So um, I think you guys are in for a treat today. Our um, topic is, it's a case study basically on how to plan a unique online event in six weeks with hot Dokimazo. But first I wanna real quickly mention the Evolve Community Series continues on. The next session topic is producing content for virtual events. So the content side, the production side, we've been talking a lot about that. Um, and the co-hosts are Tess Bismail and Mahogany Jones. So be sure to check that out. The link will be in the show notes. Our guests today, Liz Lathan and Nicole Osibudo. Welcome, ladies. Hi. So excited to be here. Yay. So the, these two were, um, I have some background. They were um, guests early days on my Making a Marketer podcast. Um, it was early days of HD also, I, I believe. Mm -hmm. I think you had one. Um, Maybe. Was that like in 2017 or something? And yeah. Yeah. Fall of 17. <laughs> you would have had one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I hadn't even been yet, I think, at that point, mm -hmm. which is um, kind of fun. So um, I love it. And I know um, Nicole worked, and I worked for the same company, but not at the same time, um, AV Concepts. And... Mm -hmm. Liz, I know from SEMA, which is the um, Corporate Event Marketing Association. And then mm -hmm. the two of them, I believe that's how you met, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And HD was born from that. And um, I don't want to, you know, spoil the surprise of anything y'all are going to say. So um, I'll leave that at that. But, um, but yeah, so I'm going to give their bios. Uh, Liz, Lathan, CMP, CEO and co-founder of Hot Dokimazo. And if you are like, what is that? We'll explain. Uh, Liz is a professional virtual event MC, corporate event and experiential marketer who's obsessed with applying modern marketing principles to a segment of the marketing industry, industry that has historically been an afterthought. Liz has led event marketing strategy teams of Fortune 500 companies and consults with small and medium businesses on how to optimize their events within their broader marketing programs. All of this brought her to being a hot Dokimazo facilitator, Nicole Osibudo, president, co-founder of Hot Dokimazo, and Virgin's biggest fan, unofficially official. <laughs> um, and I wrote, Nicole had a listicle as her bio on LinkedIn, so I wrote this for her. Nicole is a huge fan of listicles and has a work history that includes teaching event planning at San Diego State, running her own event design business, and working for several production companies before landing where she belongs in a hot Dokimazo world. <laughs> Is that a do okay? Good job. This is <laughs> great. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's, I want to start out. Will you tell our listeners what is Hot Dokimazo? 
and what's the story behind it? Like, what is it exactly for, for people who, um, who might not know? Oh, the origins. Well, what it is now and what it is was because what it is is ever changing. So, right. but, but not, but always rooted in what it will be. Ha ha. Ooh, how's that? That was very cool. Write that down. This is being recorded. Yeah. So Hot Dokimazo is, I would describe us as conversation-based experiences. We have always been anchored in and rooted in conversations. We have both been in the event industry pretty much our entire careers producing events. I was at Fortune 500 companies producing all the things and, you know, industry events we've always gone to. And when we finally came to the realization that too much of the events had focused on too much time in the event had focused on one way content and one to many distribution of content and not enough peer to peer conversation in a valuable non salesy way. That's when Hot Dokimazo was born. So it was intended to inject conversation into events, not replace events, but inject it into events. Yeah. And I would say, as we always say, Hot Dokimazo is also a verb. It's a way of meeting, sharing, and learning. And so that is the, you know, big overall, if nobody understands anything else, then it's a way of doing something. <laughs> well, and I, I always, um, when I describe it, uh, I think back to when you guys said that originated from the coffee breaks at mm -hmm. SEMA, that, that you wanted to create experiences that were all like the coffee break, which always felt like the most valuable part. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that really is, I mean, it's SEMA and everywhere else, right? Is, is any, any event right. really is the best part of the event is seeing people in the hallway. Oh, it's so good to see you. Ah, you know, it's just like this reunion all the time in the hallway, even if it's only been a reunion in the hallway from the other hallway, it's still like, good to see you again. And so, <laughs> yeah. you know, like your surprise are there a second time. <laughs> permitting, permitting that opportunity to have coffee break that's structured in content and conversation. So Hot Dokimazo was never created to replace any events people go to. It is an, an add-on. It is a take that content that you're getting from the events that you're going to and now find a forum and a place where you can have conversations about that content and then go deeper than just sharing a business card and what business do you have to work with me on in the future. Mm -hmm. So right. what we're doing is creating genuine connections and genuine, real, authentic connections that come from these experiences. And crowdsourced content. So the people are getting what they want, right? In our, Which has always been a challenge for the event industry because right. we event people are type A. I need to know what's happening when, down to the minute, give me the run of show, who's speaking when, when do they need to be mic'd and let's get that thing going. And so that's, I think, why we terrified the industry when we started doing these things because, I mean, we got invited to do an HD for site Southern California. And when they were like, how do you want the room set? We're like, we don't. And they said, well, no, but where, how, where do you want the chairs? Like, Up against the wall, we're going to have people grab their own chairs. And so we, we literally went into the room, removed the chairs from their situation and put them in random places. And as the participants came into the room, they were like, uh, are we early? What's going on? We're like, nope, this is how it's going to be. Grab a chair, pull up, a, you know, how we're going to do this. And that's how we manage the content too, because we plan our events six months out. How can you know six months from now what content is going to be relevant? Right. So... I mean, that exists and that's where you put your inspirational content and you put your kind of timeless evergreen type of thing. But for us, let's take the what's right right now, which could come from those other events or it could come from 
like we did one event that when GDPR, it was like the week GDPR was launching. So what do you think was top of mind six months ago? Who would have known GDPR was happening, right? And so in that moment, that's what people needed to talk about. Right. Yeah, I found myself on a panel in the UK being asked about GDPR and I didn't even know about it yet. In the US, I was like, um, could someone tell me what that is? I felt so dumb. You're like, what? Well, you know, we did a hot dokimazo before we all uh, went virtual. We had an in-person one planned in March of this year associated with South by Southwest. And um, that was the week that everyone said, oh, guess what? There's a global pandemic, pandemic, everyone go home. So luckily we didn't have pre-planned content. It was, what should we talk about? And that turned out to be kind of the most timely, most amazing thing that could have ever happened to us as far as like allowing people that, that were terrified to have a community that wanted to talk about these things. And that was really a piece of just the evolution of us as a company as well is when we first started it, people were like, what, or that's not going to work or, oh, you know, and, but that was okay because we're like, well, that's great. Right. Then that means that when it does work, how much more exciting will it be? And it has, and now it's just kind of the expectation is who knows what's going to happen with the HD girls, you know? And so um, that's kind of fun, you know, for, for right now, but it really is, is us showing, okay, like we're, we can be the test bunnies of the event industry and we'll try things first that like, we know that they can't go and try at their corporation with whatever amount of money. And cause failure is not an option there. Well here it's like, well, if it fails, we're going to figure it out or we'll have learned something. And so that's kind of the evolution of becoming like the place to test ideas is really exciting. Yeah. Well, and that's part of why you all grew the way that you did, right? Because then corporations like Facebook and we're going, hey, this is cool. Will you bring that to us? Will you do that with us? That's really how you, because this didn't start as a, as a corporation. This started as a passion project, right? And it, oh, yeah. it evolved this, into a company. Yeah. We all had our real jobs. It started as an event, which is why I said earlier about the what it was, what it is, and what it will be. It started as an event. Nicole and Tom and I, those were the three of us that were just like, hey, we want to talk to people more about what deals are on the table. And um, so we, we did our first one in Austin in 2017 and it was just like, it was an unconference. We brought in Adrian Cigar, who was an unconference guy. He's like the godfather of unconferences, yeah. right? Had him facilitate the whole thing. And we, it was just a really a half day experience to just see if it would work. We intended to basically break even on it. I think the only expense we had was renting the children's museum. So all told we lost $900 on the experience, but those money that we just kind of pitched them ourselves to see if it would work. And then at the end of the day, we did a retrospective and the participants said, oh my God, that was incredible. Do it again. So. And we didn't even order enough food for lunch. Yeah, oh, we, that's we didn't funny. know people would show up. And um, I was sitting at know. home going, what is this? What is this thing? Seeing people, you know, on social media. And I was like, ah, I have to be there. I totally had FOMO. <laughs> <laughs> And then you got it to San Diego, which is awesome. Then we did San Diego, which what we learned from Austin in the retrospective was that people wanted adult-sized furniture because it was at a children's museum. Who knew? So that, was, that was news. So when we did San Diego with the children's museum, we had adult-sized furniture. See, we learn, we grow. Yeah. Well, and I was in the um, the room with the beach, so we sat around that um, that and put our feet in the sand. So that was, literally the yeah. sandbox. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So. So I guess to to take from that, you yeah. know, hot 
meaning fashionably elegant or high class. And dokimazo is the Greek word for to try or prove that something is genuine. And we, the reason that we did the first one was like, let's try it. Let's see if anyone shows up. And we had 87 people show up. And then we grew to close to 100 people on the second one. And now, so we, we kind of found that 100 for the in-persons is about right. And so that's what we target because it keeps the conversations small. It keeps the conversations real and, you know, everyone participates that way. And then the dokimazo part is what has evolved to, like Nicole said, it's the things it, we can try and fail and people look to see what we're trying and then they can take either our success or our failure and go do it themselves. So we always say, copy, copy this, take this, go, go, do, go do it. Like we're not doing it for us. We're doing it for you. Right. Yeah. We hope people steal everything from us. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> the, the highest uh, form of flattery, right? Um, and I got my hottie t-shirt of I arrived right before I left. So Yay. Um, mm -hmm. I got that. All right. So let's talk about uh, the, the case study that I wanted to kind of like dig into. So now we're online, right? Like all of that that you talked about is like a very different experience in, in person. So mm -hmm. you brought this online, you challenged a group of planners to plan every element of an online event in six weeks. So tell us a story about how this came about. It came about mostly out of boredom. Nicole and I were <laughs> very busy, but very bored with doing the same thing over and over again. We're like, we need something to look forward to. We should create a thing. What should the thing be? And the two biggest challenges in the industry at that time were number one, the majority of all content had reverted right back to where the industry is comfortable, which is pushing content out. One to many conversations, webcasts were the only ability to engage is through chat. And there was just limited conversation at these experiences people were creating because it's safer to pre-record something and then push it. And so they were doing that. And then the second one was massive change in our industry where event professionals were being laid off left and right. And the only jobs available were people who had virtual event experience. But how do you get virtual event experience when you just got laid off from doing your event job and you have no virtual event experience? So the idea was, can we create an event that is conversation based, made by experienced event professionals who need virtual event experience? So the whole thing was, let's everybody test it and try it. It's okay if things are blippy and not working because everyone's all learning these things. Of course, we want it to be a good experience. We're not trying to make something crappy, but giving that opportunity, that's where it came from. Yeah. And even just uh, the transparency piece of how do we, it's not just these people, X, you know, however many people it was that we, you know, that could get this experience and kind of, you know, test it out, um, but it was everybody else. And so we live stream the planning meetings, which kind of is part of our transparency of HD as a whole, right? Is, is this is not just for us, like everybody needs to be doing, you know, thinking differently and and that kind of thing. And so giving the, <laughs> we had two girls that actually said they had a, a, a girls night in and they watched the planning videos as it was like a slumber party movie. And it was great. Um, <laughs> but that's, that's kind of cool is right. Is people, what else are they saying? How do we think through things, you know, and that kind of stuff. And it wasn't just us. It was, it was us as a whole, all of us coming to the table saying we had never even done anything like this before because we'd never opened HD's doors before to anything to do something with us. So publicly and all that other kind of stuff. So it was, uh, it was really fun and still aligned with who we are. Yeah. And then also doing like recap videos, right. Of like, this is where things are kind of um, Liz, you were doing that. 
Um, yeah, LinkedIn post just to let people know the trials and tribulations, where we went wrong, where we were struggling, what what was the challenge? Yeah, I love that. That's so awesome. And then during it, um, as you said, transparency. Part of it was to like to to let people see behind the scenes. Don't have doesn't have to be so seamless between sessions. You know, right. people if they logged on got to hear the sound check and the, you know, whatever, like mm -hmm. us making sure that things, things were good. I thought that was really cool. And it takes the pressure off a little bit too. Um, if you're one of the presenters, um, because you know, like you don't have to have every, you'd be super buttoned up and right. Well, and it still was a good thing, experience. You know, yeah. If you are an event producer, you, you, you can't do that. You, you need your customers to feel like they're going to a well-produced event. And we understand that. And we, right. you know, we want that, but at the same time, well, obviously we don't, we want everybody to see behind the scenes of everything. So we're allowed to be messy and allow it allowed for more casual conversation. But I think what people need more than anything right now is authenticity. And so the timing was just right to, to open the kimono and to let people see it, but not do it in a messy, crappy way, do it in a, like, this is who we are anyway. It was, right. was true to our core. So of course that's how we would do this. Right. Yeah. And I think I got pulled in like 10 days before, um, Carrie Abernathy said, Oh, you do, do you want to, do you want to participate? And I said, well, I've, you know, I have an events podcast and um, you know, and I'm, I'm a marketer and she's like, Oh, well, could you, let's, could you do both? Sure. So, um, so yeah. So for those of you listening to this, if you haven't listened to episode 15 yet, we did that live at the age of conversation um, conference and um, it was really cool. It was, I think probably you know, a unique thing too, for the participants to be, uh, they didn't, they didn't, uh, you know, engage with us throughout the whole thing. We did answer questions and I, I did try, like I, whenever I do a session, I try to answer the questions as we go or to like fold them in to let them know, like that this is part of um, what we were, we were planning on talking about, um, and making sure that things got covered. Um, yeah. it wasn't totally conversational in that way, but you know, it's a podcast. So we still were like doing a podcast, like a podcast. Um, and then I did my social media um, session. So um, I really enjoyed it. It was super fun. I got, I got to be the, um, the receiver of a home delivery basket. I was the, oh, the, yeah. the winner, which was super fun. Um, and so we documented that and um, put that out on social. So that was, that was really, really cool. That's amazing. All right, so let's talk numbers. Do you, um, how many participants did you have? And do you have stats on those who, who participated like live that day during the event versus pe people who registered after and viewed the content later? Kind of where, where's all that stuff? Yeah, so we had 10 paid staff. So they came in and I wanted to make sure that some people had the opportunity to truly say that they were part of a paid team rather than just I volunteered for something. So we did applications. Again, this whole thing was six weeks from inception to the call for staff to hiring them to then just everything else creating it because we had no structure, no idea of anything other than a date. Um, and we didn't do the platform because Lucas um, Chaffee with, with Kiko Chat had, I found him through some uh, field marketer Slack channel. He was like, hey, I have this online tool that's kind of based on Zoom. Would anyone want to run an unconference? And I was like, hey, we do unconferences. Let's talk. That's us. That's uh -huh. us. And so we had that. 
Um, but from there, we so we found our 10 paid staff. And then from there, we determined how many volunteers we were going to need. And we ended up having probably over 100, I think, people volunteering as session admins or presenters or helping us get sponsorships and like partnerships. We didn't have any money sponsorships, but just things like the gift basket. So that fleet of people counted in, you know, the participants because they were part of it. And so leading up to the event, I think we had just under about 500 participants register. Admittedly, we kind of internally had said we'd like to have 2000, but um, we didn't, we had 500 and we were still extremely excited about what we got. And then who showed up almost all 500 throughout the day logged in at some point, I would say it was close to I mean, maybe like 430 of the 500 came in for some part portion. And then the rest, now we've gotten about 100 additional post-event to come in and, and view some content and be part of it. And now from that, we have created an ebook. One was we had all, a shared Google Doc that people could take notes in their sessions during the event. So that the content could be shared for everything that you missed. Um, and then we created from the staff a, an ebook of the templates of our speaker outreach and the checklists and the, the checklist for the room admins to check before an event started. Um, and all of those things are now in a nice little PDF that people can go purchase. Mm -hmm. I love that for like 20 bucks. For 20 bucks, you yeah. get all of the content and all the ebook templates. Mm -hmm. I love it. It's like a degree. Right, a whole certification in for 20 bucks, buy and it. And that money still goes back to that staff. So we're kind of waiting to pay out the staff until we hit a point and they all got a percentage of what the overall income would be. I love that. It wasn't a yeah. ton, we, nobody was doing it to get rich. We were just doing it right. to, to literally be able to say I was paid staff on a virtual event. Yeah, well, and I was a speaker and I still paid because I was like 20 bucks. Aww. Like I, I, these people deserve so, you know, some money for me for the, for the, their, for their time. Like I just felt weird to not, since it was only $20. It seemed crazy. So yeah. That's nice. Um, I, anyway, so yeah. Um, all right. So I want, I'm curious if you got any specific feedback about the conversation element versus the content element, because I know, like you said, some of this, some of the stuff was um, still, kind of still one to many with, you know, conversation in the chat, but then there were lots of like networking things and you had all these different rooms. And can you talk about that and what kind of feedback you got about, about that and the differences? Yeah, I think um, it was interesting. It depends who it was coming from. So people that have been to an HD before a spontaneous think tank, maybe in person or in any other way or that know us, went in there and we're like, okay, this is cool. But I mean, do you guys know that they're not having conversation? Like, because we're just known as the, the back end going, nobody's talking in that room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, that's okay. Not everything's like that here. You know what I mean? It's, it's just <laughs> hilarious where, so that's where I think from my perspective, it just depends who was talking. The new people that have came in that came out of nowhere came because they heard of it from somebody else. They, it was, amazing just on the variety of topics, or I mean, the variety of formats that they could have conversations in or be part of or just listen to. Um, so that was, that was really cool, the feedback, but it depends who was saying it. And I think the planning team did an incredible job with their speaker outreach, because even though some of the content was pre-recorded, I think all but three of the 97 sessions had the actual speaker in the room anyway. 
So it was basically you joined the Zoom room, the session admin welcomed everybody, hit play on the video, but the speaker was there. So they would say, you know, the speaker's here answering in the chat during the presentation. So that allowed the speaker to feel like they were able to give their full attention to the people that were there. And then once the play part over was over from the recording, the speaker was there to answer questions live. And I think that was the big difference. It wasn't just pre-recorded content, I'm out. Yeah, I love, I actually love that when, when things are recorded and I, I love it too, when I don't know it's how it's going to happen. And then I'm like, Ooh, like, um, Mari Smith, she's a big Facebook expert. And, um, she was a keynote and, uh, in early, early COVID times, like in April, um, the, uh, Atomicon, um, conference. And I was just so delighted that she was in there and then, yeah, she got, she got to answer a lot more questions than she would have if she had been doing it. Um, yeah. in real time. And the thing I like about the swap card evolve, um, community series is that, well, they have like matchmaking within the app, which is super cool, but also in the chat, then you can go back and answer like, so when, if I'm a speaker, or if I'm moderating a session, um, I make sure to go back and answer the questions that didn't get answered, um, yeah. during it, which is, um, I think valuable. I think it also gave some of our presenters the ability to dokimazo a bit. So Rachel Sheeran yeah. was one of our keynote speakers and she did such an amazing job of doing different camera angles. It was just her in her house, right? But yeah. she just put the camera in different places as she gave different portions of her presentation and it added so much energy and flow to it. And of course she was there live too, answering questions in the chat. And she is like the chat queen. She's amazing with her energy level, both in chat and in person and on video. And she was like, that was the first time she had tried that multi-camera angle thing and this was the greatest opportunity for her to do it now she and i have become great social media friends you know it's like i adore her so great connections from this that was my favorite session i think didn't she one person wasn't she like laying on the floor in her living uh -huh. room i yeah. i've had that picture in my head of her doing that yes <laughs> totally. i love it i love it yeah that was i, I think so my the, the biggest reward for me came from the volunteers um that was really like we did it on purpose, but we didn't know what we were doing when we did that. And I got a, a note from one of our volunteers yesterday that I'll just read to you real quick that by getting involved in the amazing Age of Conversation Summit, I've made some incredible connections, which never would have happened had I not gotten involved. More importantly, it was how the project was run, allowing the connections to happen over Slack and that leading to some amazing, amazing conversations or amazing connections. Since the summit, I've gotten involved in two huge conferences as the Zoom expert. On the conference a few weeks ago, I was hired to work with one of the AV companies that was a part of Age of Conversation for their client, even had a chance to work with Kiko Chat when I needed to acquire a dozen Zoom Pro licenses that they needed in 10 days. Like it's just all this stuff. It feels so good. That's yeah. awesome. I just got goosebumps. That's I know, me rad. too. That's really rad. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So let's talk monetization a little bit. You already mentioned that, um, you did charge for it and you wanted to, to um, have the staff be paid. Um, so I'm curious just, uh, your perspectives generally in terms of, I mean, your numbers of, of the people that showed up are like crazy. Like nobody's getting those numbers. Nobody's getting that percentage of right. people actually showing up. And I love the conversation and everyone has different perspectives, right? Around like, you know, free versus paid and if people are more likely to show up if they've paid or not and kind of how like, and it's a time where people don't really have 
a lot of money, especially if they're event people because of the industry has been so um, drastically impacted. So I'm curious about your perspectives on monetizing events and how you think that affects the um, participation. Yeah, I think it was interesting because I think there's, um, there's been free events, virtual events for event people that are awesome and that got numbers in the thousands. Um, and I don't know, you know, as far as different kinds of content, obviously, um, formats and that kind of thing, but um, to have something that was, it was interesting to me because I was like, it's $20. Some people were like, what? You know, and, but with us, with HD is like, we don't mind going first. We don't mind getting that. Like when we feel that hesitation and that like pushback, we're like, okay, cool. That means we're about to be a big revolution as a coming, you know? And so um, I think for what you got for $20, please. I mean, there are some people that have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars going to college that didn't, that wouldn't get as much as is in all of the content for that. And then to have it available for $20 after is like, wow. So, I mean, Yes, there are some people that, you know, if they wrote us, for example, and they're just like, I, I can't even, I mean, of course, like then yes, here's, you know, so right. we were able to give some scholarships to some students, to some people that were just really hurting because that's what we're doing is, is it better us all, right? right. But um, the $20 was, was worthwhile. I think that the people found, um, I don't know necessarily if it made them come more so than, okay. than another thing, but I think that it made them think differently about what they were learning because mm -hmm. now they felt like they had some skin in the game. It's like when you buy yourself a book, it's, um, I feel like there's more value in that um, as far as what I feel internally I need to do with it rather than if somebody gave me a book or information, which I also love, different kind of feeling, right? Thank you for, I, I feel thought of, I feel special. I see the connection of what they were thinking, but I don't have that self-imposed, like you just spent $20, you better get something out of this, you know? So <laughs> that is different mentality. Well, and we also watched the registrations and looked for people that were saying, mm, I'm not doing that for $20. And we, we weren't getting that. What we were getting were like, I've been out of work for six months. I've had no clients and, and nothing whatsoever. And so we had, we did have one sponsor reach out and say, look, I would like to give you guys $500 to help support any of those people that need the sponsorship. So we were able to support all of those requests that came in, but people were so open and honest with like that, look, the 20 bucks is, you know, a week's worth of ramen for me right now. So can you help me out? And like, of course, absolutely. And so that was able to support those, but we weren't overwhelmed with people saying I would come if it were free. You know, the price point was just that like tipping point of one Uber Eats order, you know? Right. Well, and you did a buy one, give one, right? We did. We, yeah. we had, I think 40 people buy one, give one in addition to the sponsorship that we got. So we were able to fulfill on those. That's awesome. Yeah. And that was tangible for them as well. Like it didn't go into a fund where we, they don't know, like they felt like I want to give somebody like the power to learn. Like that is one of the most mm. cool gifts that you could give somebody is um, information. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I have to go back and rewatch. That's my biggest challenge is always like, oh, I'm going to catch the stuff I didn't get, you know, because I had two sessions um, of course, I wasn't able to attend anything during those times. And then I was like prepping and you know how it is when you're like, mm -hmm. whatever, um, getting ready. But um, that's well, been we'll get we'll make sure you get the PDF copy of the ebook because with all the notes, it's got the link to the YouTube sessions. So you can go back and watch the ones you want to watch. And that is, is there a time limit on that? 
So officially, we had we said we were only going to keep those sessions up until October 10th, but then we reached back out to the presenters and said, if you want us to pull it down, let us know. But otherwise, people are still watching them. We'll, we'll keep them up. So for now, they're up until the presenter asks us to bring it down. Oh, okay, cool. Um, so if anyone, I just was, I'm curious because I want to put it in the show notes. If anyone wants to go and buy now, they still can, yeah? They can, yeah. Okay. At you can still get to the link. All right. So what was the biggest lesson that y'all learned from the age of conversation? That we know nothing about paid advertising on social media. <laughs> and also you can't put an ad out that says, it's a bomb virtual event. Learn how to make a bomb virtual event because Facebook like takes the learn how to make a bomb part and then bans your ad account for a month and a half. Oh no. <laughs> so oh, well. Lesson learned. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, would say, okay. Oh, I was just going to say Facebook's banned people for much less. So um, yeah, so that is not surprising to me at all. That's like a big challenge um, for marketers. Yeah. I would say that there's something that I relearn every time, or it's maybe just a validation point um, or how easy we forget is at the beginning when we asked them to dream big and what were their crazy big ideas, people generally don't, don't do that actually. And so when they, they're like, oh, well we should, they're still thinking in the parameters. I said, literally, I said, if we want to teleport ourselves into space to talk to the aliens on planets that don't even exist, that's a big idea, meaning like put it down there. And they still were not, you know, thinking at first, you know, um, of like a big crazy idea. And so when they kept seeing us like, almost like a encouraging mom, like, it's okay, you can swim, go ahead. You know what I mean? Like just to kind of validate along the way, like trust us, we do this all the time. Things, crazy things work, you know? And so um, to see that evolve and then like how exciting it was when they gave themselves permission to really let it loose, that's when these really cool ideas started coming up. And then it was just like, good job. Like then we couldn't stop them. We we're like, oh, go for it, you uh -huh. know? <laughs> we had, we never in a million years would have created a one day event with a hundred hours of conversation. We gave that over to the staff. We did these brainstorming sessions and Carrie and Desiree were just like, kabam. All of a sudden we had 84 speakers and like all this, it was masterful and magical and overwhelming and exciting. And so everything that uh -huh. schedule, it was nuts. I, I, I was like, I, I was shocked at how quickly I got my time slot with how late I was at it. I mean, it was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. This spot and this spot. All right, cool. Yeah. Well, they worked out this flow and that's what was cool because Nicole and I kind of had an idea in our head of what the 10 jobs needed to be to pull off an event like this. And then we got everyone together and we were like, here's what we're looking at. We did the brainstorm and then they went off and we're like, you know what, let's adjust what these jobs are to actually make this happen. So rather than one being on-demand content and one being live content, Carrie and Desiree got together and they're like, Carrie's like, I'm going to go get all the content and Desiree, you schedule it. And so we, we went to a certain point in time and then Carrie handed over everything to Desiree and she had the slots and she's like, pop, 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 pop. Here's the openings. Go see if you can fill these openings. And then it was so great. Geniuses. Yeah. Well, and they were only giving me 10, um, 30 minutes for the, for the podcast. And I was like, can I have 10 more minutes <laughs> so we can do questions? And, and they're like, yeah. Here it is. All right. Awesome. 
We had a great team. I, I cannot wait to work with these folks again. And in fact, we personally for our agency team have hired 10 of those folks in freelance gigs because they came to our event, they got trained on how to do all the things and now we're able to supply them with some more opportunities and it's been really cool. I love and that. that's been really cool too, is when people say, um, you know, nobody that we know or talk to is coming being like, I need a job, right? Like I, you know, that's not the ask. They're just like, listen, like I need opportunities, right? I need to learn whatever you guys, can I just sit in on things? And we've been for the most part able to facilitate that. That's turned out so much better than their initial ask is because like, absolutely. Like, I feel like nothing um, you know, experiences and opportunities to learn should not be, you know, yes, you can like that. Who are we to be the gatekeepers, even if it's our own stuff. And so I feel like anybody that asks us for the most part, we've been able to, um, you know, give information without having to give more time of, but to be able to invite them in has been um, val or valuable for us just to, you know, help yeah. them. And yeah, it's been great. Well, and you saw them in action, like, you know, that they can do the job. So right. um, what an, what an amazing opportunity um, that was. So I love all of this. This give me all the feels. All right. So let's talk moving forward. The, um, the industry is like slowly coming back a little bit with some events here and there, depending on what state you're in. Um, and like, you know, what, how you, they can have 300 people on a tube, a metal tube flying through the air, but can't have like a hundred people in a 10,000 square foot ballroom is yeah. mind boggling. But all that aside, um, I think we're still, you know, kind of in it for the online hall for, for a little bit. So I, I'm curious, what is your, what are your thoughts on um, the industry? And then for y'all uh, for the next six to 12 months? Well, so Hot Dokimazo is part of five companies under Hot Companies. When we started this back in 2018, it's kind of organically grown. We have Hot Rod Creative, which is the agency side that did have a huge live events division doing account-based marketing pop-up events and some really cool stuff. All of those evaporated and moved over to become virtual. We have Hot Dokimazo, which was 100% in-person, never done a virtual event in our lives. We only do hugs and family style meal that was just like, wham, gone virtual in March. We have Hot Spot, which is an event and concert venue, which has never done anything virtual, only in person. And so we had all of those things to contend with. And then the other two aren't in the live industry necessarily. Um, so we're trying to juggle on the consumer side from Hot Spot, being able to bring people back with drive-in concerts and with you know big outdoor things in our field instead of inside the venue. We've been able to take that time and opportunity to, we were going to renovate anyway, to close the venue part and do a big renovation and come out in March. So we're really banking on some sort of ability to meet in person again for consumer facing events, springtime of next year, safely, of course. Um, for, a hot, for Hot Rock Creative, our clients are mostly corporate on that side and they're all not coming back in person for quite a while. They're talking maybe fall of 2021. And so we've really doubled down on, um, on the virtual on the media team on that side. We do have some small pop-up experiences that some clients are talking about. So we're talking of maybe bringing a couple people back, back to do those. They would be small regional gatherings of 10 people or less. So that's a potential, but for Hadoki Mazo, Yes, we, I mean, 
first of all, this is a hustler's world, man. If you just bust your butt right now, like you're going to get, that's, that's who's winning, you know? And, right. um, and, and it, they truly, I mean, just being flexible and not very having, you know, your turn time, your reaction time, your decision time, your strategic thinking time, if you have it, has to be like in a flash, like it has to be. And then that's the people, you know, they're kind of, that's who's, that's who's succeeding and um, still growing. And, you know, we're grateful to be one of those companies. And so I think, um, you know, but looking forward to HD is we're going forward by bringing it back, bringing it back to something that everybody loves and, um, you know, has been waiting for us to kind of, you know, continue on with in that secret family reunion. And so um, we're going for it. It's going to be, uh, you know, in the fall of, of next, of 2021. And so um, we'll be announcing all of that soon, but um, it's been an intense, crazy, awesome, surprising journey of, of how, we're, how we're getting there and where we're going and what is the secret and all of the things, right? And who is going to go and how big will it be and all of the questions, right? And so um, it will still be just as elusive as it was before as far as not very much information will be given, but um, it's going to be better, bigger in different ways. Um, uh, well, let me, I, let let me kind of share what for yeah, tell the listeners of, who don't know. Yeah. 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 So oh, yeah. Uh, we, in November of 2019, we invited 80 event and experiential marketers to meet us at JFK airport in New York city with, oh, <laughs> remember with that well, passport pack for 65 degrees for six days and just come and be excited. And they joined us and we revealed that we were taking them on a journey to Tuscany. Surprise! We did not tell them where they were going beforehand and whisked them away on the world's first ever secret business trip for this five-day experience in Tuscany that was anchored in conversation, all based around spontaneous think tank and experiences that you could never have organized on your own because it's very family feel people made connections that have been insane. And from that, like not talking business we got, but from the people that were on the plane together, we've seen over $5 million in business between them. These people didn't know each other beforehand, but the connections they made and turned into business have been incredible. So then yes, everyone's like, when, when's the next one? When's the next one? When's the next one? And it ain't, it ain't easy to plan a secret trip to a foreign place. Right. So, when you can't go there. When yet. you can't see them in person. So mm -hmm. yeah. And that's, um, so it's, it's been exciting, but you know, we at the event community, everybody needs something to look forward to. And so I feel like, um, you know, it will be really exciting to, yes, like let everybody know, uh-huh, we're doing it again. And so a hundred percent all in and it will, it will be different in, in a really exciting way. So I we're going to bring make people along one. on the virtual journey with us because I think to your question was what's going to happen, smaller scale, whatever. We're still anchoring in the the digital experiences for the first half of the year, and then hoping that after summertime, um, at least some of our on the client side, we'll be able to do some hybrid stuff. That we're viewing it as optimized for digital. So if there's something in person, it's a live studio audience feel of a small group where they are watching the show that's being broadcast. And so that's kind of what we think is the next part after summer of next year. Um, but then for us, we'll do virtual for HD things and then hit the, you know, after September with some real stuff. I love it. Yeah. And um, I absolutely adore that they've been doing virtual fam trips 
all over the world. And the night before Age of Conversation, we got to go to Thailand, um, which was so neat. Like we had, we took a, a, a moped ride through uh, Old Town Phuket and we got to watch um, elephants get fed and take baths. And um, we, they had us all, we got to see a really swanky VIP hotel. Like it's such a neat, it's such a neat thing. And um, I just, yeah, that was a, those unrestricted hotness trips because they were our site visits for where we're going to go for secret family. We've been trying to, we can't get there. And, you know, with our openness, it's let's not just go meet with people. Let's bring everyone along with us. Let's this time show people what the options might or might not be. And yeah. it's been, and even just the idea of how we do them, like we don't do anything like sure that the word fam is familiar, but that's about it because it's how we, Liz and I would go up in there and see it, which I'm like, I don't want to see no, ball, no ballrooms, you know, nothing, nothing boring or sorry. I mean, it is, yeah. <laughs> ballrooms are boring. Um, you know, but even just, the ones where we do see hotels, I mean, to your point, cause we're looking at hotels too, but it's like, yeah. I don't, yeah. I, if you have to walk through the space to get to the kitchen, great, but take me to the kitchen to meet the chef. That's so awesome. I can see it online. Anything else we need, but yeah, it's the people, the energy, the yeah. culture, the, right funny personalities you wouldn't expect from the people that give them to you. <laughs> right. No, that. And it comes right back to our world being anchored in conversation and trying to share more of those between people and everything we do is based on that. Yeah. Well, and the, the technology worked, which is even better, right? Like, cause you just never know that's going to happen to zoom. Um, and full disclosure for our listeners, I'm in Croatia for a month, um, just an escape to come go work somewhere else because um, I was tired of being grounded for seven months. Um, and I offered <laughs> to do one from here for them, but they were all booked up. So, cause <laughs> oh, I we still would love to see Croatia. I think maybe yeah. we should talk private time. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm doing, um, well, Instagram stories, of course, but I'm also, I'm doing a video series on YouTube. I have a playlist escape to Europe, 2020, um, video playlist that I, um, that I'm doing. So, uh, yeah. Cause everyone has so many questions, you know, traveling during pandemic, first of all, you know, yeah. and how, how is America being perceived in Europe and it's election time. And all, there's all the, you know, everyone's just curious about all this, all this stuff. So I'm going to be yeah. trickling it out. Awesome. So good. Oh, amazing resource. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. So I, um, love y'all and love I appreciate you, you so much. This is lovely. I love like talking about theory about events and what to do is one thing, but actually talking about one that's been done and the good, the bad, and the ugly, the awesomeness um, is always, uh, I think, much more valuable for people. So yes. awesome. and I knew you'd bring it because you always do. So <laughs> I'm glad that the, I'm glad the timing worked out. So thank well, you, thank you so for much. being a hottie. We love having uh, you in the family. <laughs> I am happy to be, and I hope that, uh, I hope I can get on the next family reunion. Timing didn't work last time. So, um, so we'll see. Oh, soon. Go ahead and block right. the calendar now Thank for you. that first yeah. week in December. <laughs> yes. All right. Thanks ladies. This has Bye. been episode 16 of Inside Events podcast by Swapcard, and we will catch you next time. Tweet at us with the hashtag InsideEvents and be sure to subscribe to get each episode as they drop.